Monster Manual Mash. This is the podcast where we talk about monsters from the 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual. Going entry by entry, and we are picking out each little little fella in here. And we're talking about where they come from in myth and history, and what they are trying to do to your brain. Why do they stick? Like, why, how... I've completely lost my train. It's over. Yeah, it's all right. That's all right. What are we doing? You made it this far. You know what we do. (laughs) So we talk about them. We talk about these monsters. uh, And we try to pick apart what exactly they do for your game. Yeah. And what kind of mental real estate they take up in a person's brain. So like what kind of fears they prey on, what kind of itch they scratch mythologically and we are into the second d entry we're going up against the death knight today yeah death knight this is possibly the most uh metal entry we've done so that's far. that's exactly what i was thinking really yeah yeah they How totally are because they're they're just it's just like a like an undead warrior you know? yeah and well titled as well. For sure. There are no metal bands named Death Knight, as far as I know. We have to like wait until one can live up to the name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Usually that's a fairly decent uh like indicator of a monster's uh D and D value. Yeah. I never looked it up on YouTube. I just had it on the Spotify. Right. So I'm gonna look it up on the YouTube real quick. Death Knight, a lot of World of Warcraft uh nonsense so we're not going to go any further into that <laughs> look up death knight metal see how this goes any players no nothing if there if there are bands they are not pop they're not more popular than uh the tools 10,000 days album turns up before any <laughs> metal band named death knight <laughs> so that's fairly conclusive i'd say does that mean somebody put the words death and night into like the metadata in that upload of that tool song i can only imagine i put death knight metal so there's right. a, metal might have caught yeah. a little hook there let's see i'm gonna check band camp <laughs> yeah okay yeah yeah that's probably a better one so the death knight yeah It'd be like a really good power metal band name. Yeah. Any takers on Bandcamp? We'll see. It's it's loading. Okay. We'll come back to that. Sure. Yeah. So Death Knight is pretty straightforward. does what it says on the tin. When a paladin that falls from grace dies without seeking atonement, dark powers can transform the once mortal knight into a hateful undead creature. A Death Knight is a skeletal warrior clad in fearsome plate armor. Beneath its helmet, one can see the knight's skull with malevolent pinpoints of light burning in its eye sockets. Great. Yeah. I can picture that. And, like, built into this monster's, like, identity is, like, a tragic backstory. Yeah, that's kind of the 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 theme. That's kind of the whole deal behind Death yeah. Knight. Yeah. It's like if this thing happens to you, it like turns you into this thing. So it's mm-hmm. not like 
this weird coincidence where all of these things have the same tragic backstory, it's like that's the cause. Yeah. yeah. I think this might be the first monster we've covered that actually has like a really specific story. Yeah. Um like attached to it. I guess well there was the uh the chul were made by the abbots. Right? Yes. Yeah. I keep thinking of the death knight as more of an individual. Yeah, totally. Like I don't see like a room full of death knights. There's no death knight waiting towns. around. <laughs> yeah, there's no death knight towns. They're not a race of death people. Death knight economy. There's no death knight economy. There's no like these aren't things you put on a random table necessarily. Yeah. You don't just like run into one D six death knights guarding <laughs> uh like a sauna or whatever. <laughs> uh Eldritch Power. The Death Knight retains the ability to cast divine spells. However, no Death Knight can use its magic to heal. A Death Knight also attracts and commands lesser undead, although Death Knights that serve powerful fiends might have fiendish followers instead. Death Knights often use warhorse, skeletons, and nightmares as mounts. Pretty decent, uh, straightforward readout of what is, what are the haps? Yeah. Uh, I was also thinking it might be cool to like, what if you flipped it and instead of a death knight, it was like, it was an evil knight Mm -hmm. that turned good without atoning and then they can't cast like harmful spells oh yeah instead of healing yeah and like they would still be undead but they would be cursed with only being able to help things yeah (laughs) yeah yeah as you would very you'd have to convince it you wouldn't have to defeat it in battle you would have to convince it to use its power (laughs) yeah 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 this weird still tragic because they can no longer wreak havoc upon innocent yeah. people in the way that it used to feel like doing. I think there's a there's a line. Um I only know this because like a sample of it was used for, in a song by the band Titus Andronicus, but in the play Titus Andronicus, mm-hmm. which I think is a Shakespeare play, mm-hmm. but not one of the famous ones, there is a character. I could be getting this wrong. Um uh but there's a character who says, "I've done a thousand dreadful things as willingly as one would swat a fly, but nothing graves me more indeed than that I cannot do 10,000 more." And that's <laughs> Like the reverse Death Knight. <laughs> I think that's Titus himself. Yeah, that's and, Titus. And, uh, yeah. That's a great film. Yeah. By uh In the meantime uh wait, no, I don't need to interrupt the strain of thought. Julie Taymor. Julie Taymor directed it. Uh it's a great film. Anthony uh Hopkins. And Jonathan Rhys Myers, I think. Yeah. Uh, really good. Uh, anyways, we're not here to talk about Titus. Also, that guy whose name I can't remember, but he was uh, Boris and Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's going to kill me. She knows. Yeah. She loves this movie. So there is a band called Death Knight. Oh, yeah. The first one that comes up on a band camp search. Should we is, sign them? Is Maybe. Let's see. <laughs> they might already be signed. So they... Uh, 
They their name is Death Knight, but like one word. One word. One word. They are from um Lithuania. Of course. Um and uh they are tagged as uh electronic symphonic metal. Oh man. So I feel like we have to somehow insert them into this. Yeah. I don't think we're legal I don't think I don't know if we're allowed. But if we are, you will hear them now you don't have to play it now we can maybe insert it after yeah and pretend that we heard it and be like wow whoa boy what a what a good collection of riffs yeah we'll look (laughs) into it and uh and if it if it worked out here it is Wow! Yeah! Whoa! That was boy. I am. I am hot. That's what Death Knight sounds like. Sound. I could picture Lithuania when that was playing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was there in the forest. There. I should mention their uh, their album art is uh, a night sky with some swirling bluish clouds and a dragon in the sky and a warrior with large angel wings, just the silhouette holding a sword, like rising to meet it. Yeah. That's just the Lithuanian flag, I think. <laughs> yeah. With death knight and like tattoo yeah. cursive underneath. <laughs> yeah. I know what I mean by tattoo cursive. Uh, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's all twirly. It's yeah. It's like yeah. not a real font. It's just yeah. kind of like, it's like, I'm going to get somebody's name as a tattoo. I'm going to get inspiration. Yeah. 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 Reverse Death, Death Knight. Knight. I'm just going to get Death Knight. <laughs> In Times New Roman. <laughs> we got one more paragraph on the thingy. Okay, yeah. Immortal until redeemed. A Death Knight can arise anew even after it has been destroyed. Only when it atones for a life of wickedness or finds redemption can it finally escape its undead purgatory and truly perish. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so it can't die until it feels sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is that in its uh, stat block? Not really. Yeah, not really. Do they sort of come alive if they have to somehow? No, it's not in the the stat block itself. It just kind of suggests this in the text. Yeah, okay. Which is unusual. Usually any sort of function is in the stat block. Yeah, like the lich regenerates if its phylactery is intact. Yeah, and all the rules, all the specific rules of that are in there. And it's, it's not. Yeah, sorry. It gives you like some creative license, like as a as a DM to like do that your own way to make it like not really dead. Yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, and it can just like mysteriously come back after you thought you killed it because like it didn't learn any lessons just by losing a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just one. It's a death knight. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I had a. Uh, I used. I kind of used the archetype of a death knight, and I. I it, instead it was like. Uh, a white pale knight and mm-hmm. it was like ceramic armor and it did the same thing where it, when it would die it would come back but instead of being undead it was just it was more of like a 
construct. Right. It was a, there had to be like a person inside, but the person was just kind of like used as a chassis. Yeah. Chassis. Uh, and instead of coming back to life, when you killed it, it would, it would just like send everyone back into a different timeline <laughs> where like that didn't happen. Right. But everything else is the same. Uh, so that made it more like more of a, I keep thinking, I don't know if I've talked about this where I think of campaigns, like the mood and the flavor, the sort of feeling that a campaign, Mm -hmm. uh, that like when, when I'm DMing, I want like a feeling to be kind of conveyed yeah, a mood and it created a much more like prog metal feeling. Yeah. Than like the kind of creeping horror, uh, like spooky metal feeling. I yeah. always think of it in terms of metal as well. <laughs> like what genre of metal is? What this genre you know, or of music in general? Yeah. Like dungeon synth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Plenty of dark ambient adventures out there. Yeah, exactly. So like the same mechanics just presented differently, and you get a different feeling. Yeah. So it was more of like this kind of cosmic. Yeah. Uh, manipulation, uh, cosmic exploration, and fucking around with the yeah. with the existence itself. What would you do? Like set a bunch of different things in motion, so there's only one dimension, only one timeline where it like lived, and you. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Th- I'm already thinking about how to get around that kind <laughs> of immortality. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it was uh, MacGuffins. Nice. That's yeah. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> that part doesn't change. Yeah. So good. That's that's it. It's actually kind of sparse on uh, on info. Casey is mumbling and stumbling around. Poor thing. Um. So the images. Emily was giving me uh, uh, some some flack for talking about pictures too much right (laughs) (laughs) on the cyclops episode we just like gushed over a painting that we were looking at (laughs) for too long it didn't feel that long to me but uh probably was too long and didn't like not only can we not describe them in enough detail to really make someone picture the same thing we're looking at and it's just not worth it to tell people to go look at uh, uh, photos but i am going to tell you to look at photos I'm not going to talk about it too much. It's got the same thing, problem. It's a death knight for sure, as described. Uh, the AD&D version is better. Um, that's That goes without saying for almost all of these images. So that's done. That's out of the way. Great. No more time yeah. on that. Uh, the stat block itself, an S20... 180 hit points, challenge rating 17. So it is, I think, not the most powerful. The most powerful, I think, is the Solar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one angel. of the angels. But this is, I think, we we talk about a lot of critters. Mm-hmm. But this one is like, this is a named enemy, usually. This is something I wish would talk about more, the designers of this game. Uh, to actually kind of help 
DMs wrap their mind around how to use this properly. Yeah. Like it kind of uh, suggests it between, like read between the lines, I think you get the impression that it's supposed to be a big deal. This is a big deal character. This is like a villain, a recurring villain. And it even suggests that it sometimes, so it has undead that follow its command, but it also is sometimes serving in, uh, serve powerful fiends as well. So it is one of these perfect, uh, like in between these like mid-level villains yeah, or these like right-hand man villains yeah, where like this is the Death Knight is the kind of external actor of the true villains uh, wishes. Yeah. So the thing, the like the skull, the floating skull that just like hangs out in, yeah. a, in a vat. Yeah. That is actually the source of all evil. This is the physical actor that yeah. can actually go out and enforce that evil's will. Yeah, in like trope terms, it's like the dragon. The dragon. Yeah, yeah. it in is TV the Darth trope Vader terms. Yeah, to the big bad's Darth Sidious. Exactly. Yeah. So it's you. You should have like. It is really hard to have a recurring villain in a game uh, because things tend to die in three to four rounds. Yeah. So it's really hard to build a campaign on something and expect a recurring character to come back. But the nice thing about the Death Knight is that they just come back. Yeah. Even if you kill them. So then you might want to think like, okay, well, they can have the first encounter and then they can kill it and then it'll just come back and that'll be a frustrating uh, like plot development thing, which is fine and it works, but it also is like... If you were writing this as a movie and you wanted to increase the stakes, uh, time you met him, mm-hmm. usually what would happen is you'd like kind of like notice him and notice him. Yeah. And then the next part would be about like regrouping and figuring out how to take him down. Yeah. More specifically. Yeah. In like a lot of television shows, right? Um, there is like mo- like story arcs in a row, you know, consecutive mm-hmm. story arcs, and each one is going to have like this big bad, right? And then it leads up to like maybe like a central one at the end, but there's always that like bit in the beginning where you meet this thing. It's like, what's this new thing? Ah, yeah. Beat us up! And we have to go on a bunch of side adventures. Yeah, like we if this learn... were like a Buffy episode, yeah, you would like encounter the victims, encounter his like his his followers. Yeah. His little guys running mm-hmm. around. Then you beat them up and you like, it leads you closer and closer to the Death Knight. Yeah. And then the Death Knight uh, beats Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> and then th- she has to go back and like read a bunch of books in the library. She has to make out with uh, David Boreanis. <laughs> and then armed with uh, friendship. Yeah. Then you be the Death Knight. But the yeah. thing is, in D&D, nothing, as much as it is kind of built on a world set up for, like, classic fantasy uh, narratives, it's it's just pure chaos in the game. Nothing makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. So you can't really do it. Having a named villain uh, is a bit of a tricky thing. Yeah. So... Because then the player, the players can also like do some weird creative nonsense that like 
deals with it pretty quickly. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. And if if, uh, if you're leaning on the ability of the creature to be killed and come back in order to be a recurring villain, they're just gonna like. Uh, he's already been humiliated and defeated and yeah. like there's no uh like unless it's a really close fight and they just got yeah. by like through a squeaker yeah then uh then maybe it's good but it's like they're just gonna like they're just gonna bully him they're just gonna yeah, like totally. think he's a, he's nothing and if you're gonna do like a, essentially like the same fight over and over again you gotta do you gotta make it different you yeah shake it up you know mm-hmm like put some different things on the line, you know, like maybe one time that it's a hostage situation, you know, like maybe another time he's got a lot of backup. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's yeah. got big, big arms this time. Yeah. <laughs> so he has the ring of massive arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ring of many arms. <laughs> yeah. Gives you extra arms. He's, uh, yeah, I don't know why I went on that aside. I was reading his challenge rating and then I just went on that. Uh, so what makes him a, a big deal? He has, they have magic resistance. So advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Martial undead. You can, anything that turns undead. Oh, any undead creatures that are near get a saving throw against being turned. Right. Pretty good. Yeah. Spell casting can cast spells as a pretty high level guy. He's got some some good spells. And he can multi-attack with a long sword and he has a hellfire orb. Nice. Which is basically a free fireball that he can use once a day. Great. That does fire and necrotic damage. Wow. And does a boatload of damage. And you can parry as a reaction. So you do some mechanics and then it can uh, parry. I guess, is parry an action you can do in like the player's handbook? I think it doesn't have a special kind of fighter. It's like a maneuver. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You'd have to look that up because it doesn't tell you what that is here. It just says you can do it and how. But... Anyways, that's what it can do. Uh, pretty good. And then armed with a bunch of other like minions can be a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. It used to be, if you want to make him even more of a of a like big named enemy that you yeah. have to figure out, um, give them even greater stuff. So like yeah. instead of resistance to magic, make it just like immunity maybe. Yeah. And then uh other capabilities that are just really overly strong and then i don't remember exactly what i did in my game but i like i did that and then i also made it like a quest uh objectives to like disarm him right or like negate some of the the knight's abilities yeah and then that also gave them incentive to like avoid the the knight when possible yeah and so that's a way to do it. The in the old game, the old game in AD and D, he was just completely immune to being turned entirely, which is a a good way to do it too. Yeah, because they're important. Like you can't just like what if you could just Jedi mind trick Darth Vader? Yeah, totally. I would. Yeah, 
Do you know how different the Star Wars universe would be? Like D and D rules, there's like a chance to do almost anything. Yeah. Like if 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 there is a non zero percent chance that a yeah. thing can happen, like rolling a, a nat twenty, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a fun exercise. Would be to like start a game, like like any of your favorite, like do like a Lord of the Rings, like the Fellowship goes out to yeah. return the ring or something, and then I bet after the very first hour or encounter or whatever, like the it will not be possible to complete the rest of the story <laughs> as like it is originally because it'll just be completely off the rails immediately. Yeah. 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 Like if it was like Star Wars, like every, they would have just commandeered one of those Jawa sound sand crawlers and gone off to do something <laughs> different yeah. immediately. Or like the, the, the cantina uh, sequence there's like so much chaos in that one sequence yeah. and it all turned out a certain way. Like it yeah. didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> what if so Han many things missed his attack, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, Greedo, is that his name? Just gets him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just dead to rights right there. Yeah. What would have happened? Yeah. Or, or like, Obi-Wan like didn't notice that that guy was going to fuck up Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like what if he was, uh, or rolled a one on yeah. his like cut, the the poopy bum face guy's yeah. hand off. <laughs> <laughs> just missed him completely. Just missed him. And just gets jumped. Rolled a one, confirmed the f- the the fumble, and like cut his own hand off or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's great, but uh, we're not here to do that. So that's the Death Knight. I tried to find things about. I'm just punching the mic. So where does the Death Knight come from? Um, nowhere in particular. Yeah. It is just kind of an amalgamation of like different ideas. Yeah. Because the Black Knight, different from the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. a Dark Knight is sort of like you got your Batmans. Yeah. Which is a Dark Knight, which is still a good person. Yeah. But... uh muddied and confused maybe they do bad things to do good things yeah and uh but the usually the heart is in the right place yeah and the black knight is not that it is just usually evil and there are several instances several examples of knights being called the black so and so the black uh black knights were something that were real people would paint or otherwise treat their metal armor there was a process you could do uh something about not polishing it after it was made where it would turn like this weird dark blue right but it's actually i was reading up on like uh medieval armor and like why because people, I'm not the first person to try to figure out, like, why, what was the deal with Black Knights? Like, were they a real thing? I went to the TV trope site, says something stupid about... In the, in the real uh, life entry at the bottom? No, not oh, that. Yeah. Uh, even in, like, it was it was front-loaded. It was, like, in yeah. the main description was, like, there were, in medieval Europe, knights that would paint their armor black 
so that uh, you would know that they were like masterless knights. Right. Kind of like Ronin. Right. Like a knight errant. Yeah. But yeah. like, I, I don't think that was true. No. <laughs> and I, I can't find any corroboration. I don't see any sources. Yeah. Because it doesn't really, they don't just wander around dressed in black to show they have no affiliation. Like, and that's like, maybe this is the wrong reason to come to that with skepticism, but that's like too cool by our standards yeah. to the real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It sounds like some f- medieval, some real, it's like fan fiction about the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a fan of the world and you made your own fiction about it. <laughs> Historical fan fiction. But there are, uh, like, there are people that were black knights, so to speak, but they're not really, they don't have any, like, great stories of doing evil, yeah. necessarily. There's one, Edward, is this the guy? The Black Prince, who was so-called because he had a great big black shield, which is probably true, called the Shield of Peace. Shield for Peace. Uh, so he was known for having this big black shield, and it was also said that his armor was was black, and that he was fierce in battle. And uh, the French hated him. The French called him Le Noir. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of how much uh, damage he did. So... And maybe some of his other armor pieces were black, but, like, didn't really do anything atrocious. He was just a a bad mother effer who fought the French and had a black shield. And even in uh, Arthurian legend, so, like, you think of Monty Python, the Black Knight, Mm -hmm. uh, as being, like, a big deal. But the Black Knight in... uh, and that is more of like the Green Knight in Arthurian yeah. legends, which I already talked about in the Blights episode or whatever. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, fourteen years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> the Black Knight. There are like five of them throughout the different legends, right? And I I was reading like kind of synopses of the stories. And the Black Knight in them is either like so inconsequential as to not really be mentioned, or is just like a straight is just a a guy is just like a villain who's defeated, for the most part. Yeah. Only one is a supernatural uh, entity and not that important to the story. So there's really no like one like root. Yeah. Of the whole thing. It's just kind of like this archetype that's emerged from collective imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if there was like a really tough person? Bad guy. <laughs> like a what? really... Real tough ombre. Like real bad news. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, and uh, and you get like that, uh, and it, you know, you, you just got to one up the last person to have that kind of character in the story. You know, it's like, and his eyes glowed. Yeah. He rode on a flaming horse. His horse was on fire also. And when he got close to plants, they died. Yeah. Or something. Just the most evilest thing. Yeah. But there, it's important. The Death Knight, I think, is important because they can 
personify a villainous force. Yeah. So rather than an undead horde, you have like a character. Yeah. Because that's something that the undead kind of suffer from is, is that they are the most uh, like... The, like the uh, what am I trying to say? They get lost in the crowd. There's no, there's no character. There's nothing to like. The very nature of zombies, especially, is yeah. the fact that they are now anonymous. Yeah. And part of the fear of a zombie is that you fear being one of the masses. Yeah. And you don't want to be bitten by them because you'll catch their normal, you'll catch their normie <laughs> zombie muggle crap. Yeah. So having an actual character to embody that force uh, can give some focus. Yeah. Yeah, and it gives like, um, like if you have a paladin in the adventuring party, mm-hmm. it gives them like a pretty good like a like heal basically. Yeah, like they have. Uh, in in like an opponent that is like at the very least like they're they're equal in one one on one combat like it would take the highest level paladin if you were like dueling yeah it's know, a no brainer to have a a paladin go after a death knight yeah because a paladin would be like you were like me but then you turned into pure evil yeah right so there's like this existential dread that it would give on the righteous just by the fact that it was like kind of it's almost a bit it's like it's like a bit of a fallen angel kind of idea mm-hmm. right but Absolutely. just like on, on land terms that's uh that's kind of like the most and i say famous as famous as any character from a dragon lance book can yeah. be the most famous death knight um is lord soth yeah who has a little sidebar here and he he began his life he began his fall from grace with an act of heroism saving an elf named Isold from an ogre Soth and Isold fell in love but Soth was already married he had a servant dispose of his wife and was charged with murder but fled with Isold when his castle fell under siege he prayed for guidance and was told that he must atone for his misdeeds by completing a quest but growing fears about Isolde's fidelity caused him to abandon the quest because his mission was not accomplished. A great cataclysm swept the land. When Isolde gave birth to a son, Soth refused to believe that the child was his and slew them both. All were incinerated in a fire that swept through the castle, yet Soth would find no rest in death. Becoming a death... nit. (laughs) So... Uh, I've read, for some reason, last year, I read three Dragonlance books. Right. Uh, where Lord Soth uh, appears in. Mm-hmm. And he's got all the trappings. He he can't be killed. He just re-materializes uh, yeah. at, his, at his old castle. Um, But he really embodies it, the full archetype of the idea, where it's like, he was a knight of the rose before, which was like a really yeah. high class position to have. Yeah. And then he fell in love. He succumbed to lust with this elven woman mm-hmm. and he abandoned everything. And he dragged all of his retainers into this as well. Yeah. Because the knights, Solemnia, I think they're called. 
um, are very loyal, so they loyally followed their commander mm -hmm. and also suffered from this and became like his lieutenants, and they're all undead weirdos and all this bad stuff. So he f succumbed to lust, ruined his life. Uh, the world suffered because he wouldn't do anything, and then he got suspicious of her even though he like killed his wife for her. And then it just like, it all went to hell, man. What are you doing? Yeah. And then there's a whole series of novels. He keeps appearing in books, but nothing happens to him because he's kind of like the authors just liked him too much. I think so. He right. keeps reappearing in, in novels and nothing. He like is a constant, like secondary character. Yeah. Uh, and then he eventually goes to Ravenloft and has adventures with Baron, uh, Strahd von Zerovich. I was just going to compare his backstory to Strahd's. Yeah, yeah. He shows up and like fights him for a little while. Yeah. In, in the books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what ever happened to him ultimately, but like this, the image of him is, I think officially this is Soth. Cool. This is, this is the guy. Um, I wish the book kind of like talked about, like I uh, give you example personality traits or like example ways to illustrate how someone would fall from grace or like what yeah. it, like maybe gave you like 10 little tiny backstories or something yeah. to choose from what i like a question i have thinking about death knights is like what do they want now you right. know and i guess that's just like you just have to write a character and figure out what it wants mm -hmm. um but like Okay, so they fell from grace. Like, if if they are like the dragon to like a like a higher evil, then mm. it's like okay, well maybe by um, just like committing to the nihilism of like doing the evil stuff that the big bad wants you to do, then you by giving up your will to choose what you want to do, it's it's like you know not it's kind of taking the heat off of itself like in, in in terms of its sense it's like okay well i'm just gonna follow orders now because when i make decisions for myself everything gets bad so i'm just gonna keep doing bad things because i'm told to i don't know that's kind of how i read like darth <laughs> vader right yeah resigns himself to like well i guess i guess i'm evil <laughs> you know i never <laughs> believed that darth vader believed in building an empire just kind of thought he had to because he fucked everything else up but in the in the prequels, he yeah. even says there's a line he actually when he's Hayden Christensen. Yeah, he says there should just be someone to tell people what to do. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> like he, <he's, laughs> I forgot about his weird. He like, is on board. Yeah, yeah. No, he he he's too much. It's, it's too much clutter. Like this, it was too messy. He just wants he wants a dictator. Right. Yeah. He he just he he joined the Nazi party because he hated sand so much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. That that that's a bit. Like but, he kind of he kind of yeah. forgot why he was doing it. I think. Yeah. By the time Return of the Jedi right happens, the dark side power seduces you. So yeah, just like power for power's sake. Yeah, like because this... when he when he got turned into Darth Vader and was made a full robot, yeah, he was like, he didn't uh, like he died believing in the in the Empire. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I recant my interpretation right. of Darth Vader's <laughs> moral compass. It's kind of if you just take the original three, you never get in his head. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, 
he you just see his actions and he is performing his duties well like yeah. he's in, he intends to defend the empire and yeah. promote it but he does like you never see him uh come up against anything that like might rattle his faith right until the thing that rattles his faith happens yeah so it's it's never tested and the first time it's tested in the films it fails yeah. so i think that's maybe why you think that makes sense um yeah but i yeah. think he is the best example of a death knight yeah. in in popular media yeah i think another another good example from uh uh oh you know actually no they don't actually explain never mind never mm. mind i was going to say mm-hmm. um uh what's his name devamon from the first season of digimon <laughs> go on <laughs> is the 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 big bad of the season because they keep fighting Digimon that are attacking them, and they find that they have like black gears stuck in them that uh-huh. are making them evil. And then they find out this guy is sending out black gears. And they go and take him out. Black ears? Gears. 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 These gears that fly okay. through the air, right. and they stick into Digimon. Digimon, and like make them make them bad. Okay. Right. And then they 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 fight this guy, and they defeat him. And then they're like, "Oh, he was he he was like super powerful, but he was just working for this other guy." You know, and he was just, uh, but then I, I was like, wait, no, there's no motives there. That's, that's not an example. There needs to be drama. There needs to be like opera in like a Death Knight. So that's not a good example. What if the Death Knight was a Pokemon? There's just a, like an eight foot tall guy with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> and he just ran around going like, Death Knight. Death Knight. That's just, yeah, that's just what one just of the like animals in the grass. Like in <laughs> <laughs> and catch them. It's this nine foot tall guy on a flaming horse. Yeah. Yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> there are there are weird ones though. There's one that's just a mime. <laughs> they get weirder and weirder. Like now there's like eight hundred Pokemon and yeah. probably is a death knight. Yeah. There's one that's just an airplane. I like just, you can ride on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh So I just was thinking actually there might be a more direct um death knight uh origin yeah the the ring wraiths yeah i was thinking Lord of the that. Rings. yeah it's not a one-to-one it doesn't stick on to the nazgul no but but it's very it's very close yeah there's a lot you can yeah definitely because the 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 nazgul i believe were they were kind of flawed to begin with yeah they weren't necessarily uh like paladins of virtue yeah, there were like the nine kings. Of they were men just men. Yeah. They were just men and like uh, inherently corruptible. Yeah, it's like, hey, take this thing. I made it for you. It's fine. It'll give you more power, though. And yeah. they put it on and just like, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And even so, the original in AD&D, um, the Death Knight came out in the Fiend folio, which is full yeah. of like all the infernal monsters. Mm hmm. And it suggests that there are only 13 of them. Cool. And that there is, in the Greyhawk setting, there's a guy, a Death Knight, name I don't remember, but is the king of Death Knights. Yeah. So sort of like the the Witch King. Yeah. Witch King of Angmar, mm-hmm. who's in charge of stuff. Um, and same deal, like just like eyes, glowing eyes through a slit in the armor is similar to how the Nazgul have no face yeah 
Um, so yeah, that, that's their closest. And they are big name bad guys that follow the the players through three whole uh, yeah. campaigns. Yeah. So that's your that's your model. Um, you could even do it like it. It might be fun to have like three the thirteen death knights that you actually have to fight, and maybe only the one keeps reincarnating or something. Yeah. Yeah, and there's stuff to there's stuff to like work with like just the fact that they're knights because like medieval knights were also only allowed to be knights because they were also property owners in like a feudal system, right? Right? Um, because it took like a team of people to like make your armor. Yeah, to yeah, make it to make like, a lot of grain to yeah. keep everything going. Like every knight was at the top of like a very large and wide pyramid of other people that the knight depended on, right? Yeah, a very elite warrior, but because they were like of an upper class if you had like 13 death knights right if that was if those were like the knights in like a kingdom mm-hmm. and then the king was like now everything is our kingdom all we have to do is give up our souls and everyone's like yeah i'd like to have like one thirteenth of everything and so they do but you they they're just constantly trying to conquest everything because it's rightfully theirs they believe you know and it's uh it's like the just the corruption of like wanting to like consolidate more power and own more and more of the world that exists. Yeah. It's yeah. forgetting the whole reason for being a knight and just yeah. succumbing to whatever like vices yeah. you have. Like not defending the stuff you have, but just trying to amass. No, you, stuff. you send your peasants ahead of you to die. Yeah, totally. And that's fine. They can die. Now we can raise them from the dead and send them to yeah. keep dying. Yeah. You don't need grain because yeah. your, your foot soldiers eat brains instead. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of the reverse death knight. The life knight. Yeah. Where an evil person is now uh, like doomed to do good. Because they died in one final act of doing good after a life of evil. And yeah, they succumb yeah. to like, they just had this gnawing at the back of their mind that they should just uh, donate to the Humane Society. <laughs> just once, just to see how it feels. And they do it and then yeah. they're... they're uh, fiendish overlord casts them out and dooms them to being a a a love knight <laughs> i'm i'm imagining skeletor in the he-man christmas special mm-hmm. where he's i'm not familiar oh my god so these two kids get lost because they get on a spaceship they shouldn't have and they uh-huh. end up in like uh like a in the, where what is the he-man planet called uh uh, uh um, it's the same as a She-Ra planet. Arrakis? Something like that. <laughs> it's, not it's not Arrakis. There are no worms. Um, uh, so uh, these two kids get lost before Christmas, and they get found by Skeletor, uh-huh. who helps them like get rescued. I think because he is going to ransom them or do some evil <laughs> stuff with them, but he keeps accidentally... Like, because he's on his way to do something evil, he saves them from a bunch of perils, and they're like, wow, you are actually really nice, Mr. Skeletor. And he's like, I am not nice, I am evil! Don't step in that, you'll fall to your death! Yeah. Here, put on this coat! Anyways, too evil! Yeah. <laughs> he's just begrudgingly saving these two kids from freezing to death, but like, won't admit to himself that he's just doing a nice thing. That's the best. It's great. It's And there's there really is like a little speech where it's Skeletor walking with two kids through like a he-man version of like christmas north pole land just like i am not nice i'm evil (laughs) that's great yeah you could play uh, a paladin as a reformed 
like skeleton or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like great. <laughs> I spent thirteen years in a barrel waiting to ambush somebody, <laughs> yeah. and it never happened. And I'm starting to question things. Yeah, I'm going to try it from the other side now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's it. It's a pretty straightforward concept. Yeah. I don't know what else to. Uh, that's my best take. Is the the love night? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how else to play around with it. I like that too. That's and it's like there are a lot of ways to do it, like pretty straightforward. I think mm-hmm. that like are like just as or basically like they're as good as you are a storyteller. Yeah, sort of thing. Um, because they're such like an archetypal sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea of the the life night, <laughs> the love night. But what, what did you call it? <laughs> Either the love night or the life night. I like that. Yeah, or the light bright. I don't know the light bright. Yeah. And there's a whole quest that you got to go find this guy, right? And then you have to convince him to start helping out. Yeah. But that's a whole task, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to know what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. Nightlife, maybe. Or there's a town that can only grow things because of the magical life energy of the life night, but they mm-hmm. keep them locked in a tomb. <laughs> oh, no. Poor and, little guy. Uh, and stuff stops growing. It's because he found out that he was still making things grow, even though he was underground. And so you got to be like, hey, <laughs> please use your powers for good. And But he just, he's evil. But he can't, he, can't, he can't hurt you. He keeps trying to and making things better by trying to destroy them. And he can only truly die after he's atoned for their... If he ever feels bad about doing good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't write these books. <laughs> yeah. You figure it out. This is your problem now. Uh yeah, okay. That's yeah. Monster Man Bosch Man Monster Man uh signing off. Monster Man number 2 also <laughs> signing off. Next up, we have the Demi-Lich. Ooh, it's a thick yeah. one. We got eyes. Uh, no eyes, but jewels. That's a good one. Yeah, it's good. You're going to love it. Keep listening to the stars. <laughs> Bye. Bye.